Well, hello, runners. Welcome to the I Run Things podcast, the podcast for the everyday runner in search for that extra bit of motivation to get out there. My name is Susie, and I am your host. Today, I bring you for the second time my good friend and fellow YouTuber, Matt Bertrand, to talk about his experience going through COVID 19. If you are wondering about this disease and the effect it may have on your running if you were to get it, this is a great starting point. However, please understand there is a wide range of symptoms of COVID-19 and that Matt's experience doesn't have to be the standard experience that any runner would go through. For more inspiration and interviews with other running personalities like Matt, don't forget to visit our other social media platforms. The links will be in the show notes. Also, if you like this podcast, please share with your friends via social media and leave a review whatever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I will then read your reviews on our next episode. And before we go into the interview, here's a message from our sponsor. If you're an avid runner like me, you know how hard it is to train in this heat. If you're as busy as I am, most likely you will try to wake up as early as possible to put in your miles. However, let's face it, the humidity is very high all across the nation this time of year. Your other option, of course, is to wait till later in the day. But then the mosquitoes are piranhas. They could eat you alive. And who wants to go to the gym with this pandemic looming? The solution? Purchasing a lifespan treadmill. It has truly changed my life. Now I do not worry about the heat or the humidity anymore. Or being eaten alive by mosquitoes. I just run in the comfort of my own home whenever it suits my busy schedule. Lifespan treadmills come with all the bells and whistles you want at an unbeatable price. To get yours, click on the link in the show notes below. And now, without further ado, let's listen to Matt's interview. How are you today? Great. How are you, Susie? Thanks for having me on the channel again. Thank you for coming back again. Um, and guys, Matt Bertrand, he was on my channel, I guess, about four or five weeks ago. Yeah. We did an interview about his running background, um, how he qualified for Boston 20 times. I think we, that was the final number. We actually yeah, had to tally it how many like times. <laughs> yeah. He's very accomplished with his running. And he has a YouTube channel as well. Uh, Matt Bertrand, and I'll put yeah. all the links below. But today he's back here to talk about his experience going through coronavirus because he went through it a few weeks back. If you could just yeah. tell us, like, what, okay. made, like, did you know when you were feeling like what, 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 what was the first thing that you that you noticed? Okay, so um, before I actually got coronavirus, COVID nineteen. 
um, Harmony and I, Harmony's my wife, for those of you that don't see her on the channel. <laughs> Harmony and I were very, very kind of protective of ourselves and worried about it. And I work with the public uh, very, well, that's my job. I work with the public. So I'm out there and I'm wearing a mask every single day. Like I'm very conscious that there are potentially COVID germs everywhere. So I would wear a mask. A lot of my coworkers back then still weren't wearing a mask, I think as often as they should, like in our office, people weren't wearing masks. And, and Harmony and I were wearing masks when we were together in the house. Like I was socially distancing from my wife for months beforehand, just because I'm with the public and she's not. So that was all, you know, that was happening and we were very conscious of it the whole time. And one day we were sitting on the couch watching television at the end of the day and I had noticed the day before that I was feeling just a little fatigued and more so than usual. So um, Susie, you, you have a running channel, a running YouTube channel. So for those of you that haven't seen my interview with Susie, I'm a runner and I generally run at least 10 miles a day. Um, or 70 miles a week. So my mileage is quite high. I also do a lot of cross training. I put in time on the weights. So occasionally I do get more fatigued than usual. However, this was different. We were sitting on the couch and I was like, oh. Then I developed a cough. And it wasn't a big cough. It was more like a <clears throat> just to clear my throat. And I still hadn't put it together. I still hadn't put it together. And how fast did you develop the cough after starting to feel more tired it was within a day okay it was like so it was, it was yeah, thinking back it was immediate like i was okay two days before then i started getting a little fatigued then the cough took my temperature and it was 100.3 and the cough and taking my temperature all happened within uh, i don't know 15 minutes and then okay. just like that i came into the bedroom, our master bedroom, and I'm actually in the master closet now. And, and that was it. I stayed there for the next 10 days. So we decided just like that. As soon as we realized my temperature, the cough, the fatigue, I immediately went in and we were separated. I was in quarantine. Okay. So obviously, it sounds like you had a plan. You guys had a plan. Like either if she gets it or you get it, you guys knew, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like I'm Exactly. As I said, we were, we were very conscious of it and we had the whole thing laid out. Whoever got it would come in to our master bedroom because we have a separate bathroom that we can use. It's very much self-contained. And then the other person would just bring food. And I have a few videos on my channel. Of <laughs> right. Harmony bringing me dinner, bringing me breakfast. And uh, yeah, it wasn't all bad. Yeah, yeah. And I recommend, highly recommend people to go watch them because I think it's, it's cute that you're on the phone actually requesting breakfast and then Harmony's yeah. like, what would you like today? Yeah. <laughs> and then Kind of like being in a hotel. <laughs> she know. leaves breakfast outside and then you come outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was really cute. Um, so how did you have to, like, how was the testing process? Did you okay. call your doctor? Good question. No. So we have, um, we have testing centers that have been set up all over the state. Uh, for those of you that are watching, yeah. I'm in Florida. Yeah. For those of you that are watching outside of Florida, you've seen us on the news. We are the worst. We are horrible <laughs> at coronavirus. So, you know, people are getting sick and unfortunately just dying left and right. 
So we have all these testing centers set up. I went there on the same day that I got sick, um, got tested and they said it was going to be five days to get it back, called my employer. They said, go to this place. It was another kind of emergency clinic where I got tested and it was a 15 minute turnaround. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the testing, they have uh, big long swabs and everyone's in gowns and masks and I'm wearing a mask. You pull the mask down over your mouth so your nose is exposed and they stick the swab up your nose and take a, take a swab. Then on the other nostril, it's not pleasant. Um, not the worst thing in the world, but certainly not pleasant having a stick stuck up your nose. Right. Um, and then I waited 15 minutes and they came back with the results and it was positive. So why did you feel at that moment? Were you, did you, um, were you ever scared? No, no, I wasn't scared and I knew I had it. You know, it would be, it would be silly for me to assume I didn't have it when I had all the symptoms of it, you know? Oh. So it was kind of, I don't want to say it was inevitable that I got it, but we're so inundated on the news that if I got it, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. Right. So then what after that, then, then like, so, did you, right, did you get any medication for it? Like that would be my, I guess my first no. question. No, I didn't. I didn't have to call my doctor. Um, I was familiar with the procedure. Um, now you asked earlier if I was scared no because i guess we only get scared when things get worse and at, at the whole time i was sick but i was taking my oxygen so i had the finger oxygen sensor at home and my o2 sats they weren't dropping um they, they stayed normal the whole time so i didn't have to worry about the whole breathing thing um right. and people not being able to breathe that would have been scary it was basically a very bad flu like the fatigue was what really knocked me out obviously the fever is horrible and I did take Tylenol um, which is acetaminophen for those of you that don't have Tylenol brand it just people take it to lower fevers and that's what right. I did um, so my fever only lasted the first day and after that oh, wow. it went down it went down to, you know, maybe, maybe a little above normal, but there's such a range of, you know, human temperature that I, I thought I was within range. So I was only above a hundred for the first day, luckily. Right. So did you lose, like, you know, here on the news that you usually lose your um, sense of smell and your you know, when you're eating food, you can't taste no. food? No, I didn't. I didn't lose. So you my were sense lucky. Well, okay. So I didn't lose my smell or sense of taste, but it did change just a little bit. So um, this is this is a good example of how people have different experiences. Because I did, I work with a woman who she got coronavirus and she lost her sense of smell, sense of taste, but she wasn't sick in the way I was. So I don't think she had a fever. She didn't have the fatigue that I did. That, um, that really knocked me on my butt, but I didn't lose my smell or taste. So, you know, there's, there's a whole wide range of how people get. So just to tell you about my, my taste, um, I did notice things were a little blander, but most surprisingly was my toothpaste. To I've got mint toothpaste, just like 
100% of people out there, I mean, who has a different flavor toothpaste than mint? It tasted like fruit, almost like a raspberry or a strawberry. Oh, and, wow. and it took me a couple of days to realize, it's just like I noticed it was off right away, but I was like, eh, you know, not even worth thinking about. And then I thought more about it. I was like, this is, this is a result of COVID. Right. I've seen in your videos that some days you even were able to exercise. Yeah. So this, this is a little controversial and I've had a lot of feedback on my channel from this, but, um, yeah, I was able to get out. And so, so let me just clear, clear there. When I would go outside in public, I always had a buff with me to cover my mouth, um, and nose. And I would go super early in the morning and only go in a direction where I knew there wouldn't be any people. So in a direction of a non-residential area. And um, obviously that was, I made that decision to keep my sanity and also to, by going in, in the same direction away from people to protect the public. I mean, that's really right. my number one concern. I don't want to, certainly don't want to spread it to anyone. And um, yeah, I, I kind of, I follow the news about this. I follow the CDC guidelines and I knew that me being outside, as long as no one was around, I wasn't going to be giving it to anyone else. And that's how I justified it. You know, right. I have something I did think about was wearing a buff. After I got better, um, the news came out that wearing a buff actually does nothing to protect your germs. It actually, it actually amplifies it. So, you know, science, it's a great thing and we move forward and we learn new things and it turns out that something we thought was correct wasn't the best at the time, but that's how, that's how we move forward. You know, that's how we learn right, things. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, honest, to be honest with you, when I run myself, sometimes I'm running for a full hour and I see one person across the street and it's a big street. So it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's like possible I, I, to get out there. It's possible, depending on where you live. Obviously, if you're in the middle of New York City, it's going to be hard for you not to encounter yeah. other people. Um, but you're in a, if you're in a residential area, I, you know, like I walk my dog and sometimes I see people far, really far from me and I'm um, pretty active. Yeah, that's how it was. I'm, I didn't actually see anyone while I was out right, um, right. with COVID. Did you feel different during those runs like could you tell that you generally your body was fighting something yes yeah and um so so let me let me start by saying i don't recommend it um obviously if you're <laughs> sick you have to let your body get better and that is what i would tell you it's what i would tell anyone that would ask me but as we all know things are a little different and i don't think i'm different however i chose to balance mental health and physical health. So I knew that by going out there, it would make my entire day better. I'd be able to relax. Um, I don't particularly chase numbers or times. I enjoy just getting out there and going for a walk would have been exactly the same. And I did that throughout the day as well, doing laps in my bedroom. Um, but yes, I did feel different. Everything just seemed a little harder. Now, uh, I have a heart rate monitor on my watch. So um, I knew my heart rate for the whole time and my heart rate wasn't getting higher. Things were just feeling more difficult. So oh, wow. physically I wasn't expending a lot more effort because my heart rate was staying the same, but it felt, it felt harder. It felt like a lot harder effort when I had right. it. 
Right. That was going to be another question if your um, heart rate went up, because for me, invariably, when my heart rate goes up more than, like my rest and heart rate goes up more than four, five beats per minute, I know I'm getting sick. Yeah. Like I know two or three days later, I get a cold. I mean, obviously we're like still keeping to ourselves. So I haven't been sick since January, I think. I had a minor cold. Okay. But yeah. I know that I'm getting sick because of that. It's like, oops, something's going on. Like something's brewing because my heart rate is going up. Yeah, you're totally right. And I don't track, I don't look at my heart rate like that very often. I look at it when I'm running. Um, but when I do get sick over the last couple of years, um, I've looked and I can say, oh yeah, my resting heart rate had jumped up by, you know, five points. You know, right, right. obviously I'm going to get sick. You know, that's a sign. That's a clear sign. Right. It was my rate of perceived exertion. So a lot of times when, um, when you go out for runs, sometimes coaches will give you your workouts on an RPE scale, rates of perceived exertion. And mm -hmm. my rate of perceived exertion was substantially higher than normal but my heart rate wasn't reflecting that exertion. So, I mean, I really would have been in trouble if I had to do intervals or something. My easy runs felt like, like a tempo effort. Maybe not right. quite that bad, but that's a, that's a good example for, right, right. for you runners out there to recognize. And in terms of like, did you have like, when I, I've gone through the flu a few times in my life, probably five or six times. <laughs> This is not a great record, but yeah, um, the flu loves me. I've gotten it even years that I've gotten the, the shot, the vaccine. I've, you know, like if I get vaccinated at the beginning yeah. of the season, then like in March or April, I've gotten the flu. So, and I, what I remember is always like aches and pains everywhere. Yeah. So that, that was actually my primary symptom. Um, just all over kind of aching and fatigue. And the, the difference is, is that, well, also, and I say fatigue, but also I'd add tiredness to that because sometimes you can feel fatigue without feeling physically tired and want to go to sleep. Uh, but usually I would wake up um, quite early in the morning still because I went to bed so early because there's nothing else to do. You know, right. you can only watch so much TV. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would wake up, maybe I'd go for a short run, maybe a walk alone, come back, have a shower, and I'd get right back in bed for hours. And it would just kind of zap me. And then I'd get up, maybe have something for lunch, maybe not, depending on how I was feeling. Um, my appetite did go down. Well, you know what? We're going to circle back to my appetite in just a second. Okay. But then uh, I'd, I'd wake up and I'd be up for a couple hours. And then I would just want to roll over and go back to sleep. Wow. So, so really beat was, up. Yeah, really be like I, I'd say at the worst, the first couple of days I was sleeping, eighteen hours a day. Oh wow! Yeah, like it babies. Was, like babies. Yeah, just <laughs> I was just like a baby. Like you get up, you eat, and it's like I'm just gonna roll over for a few minutes, you know. And an hour and a half, two hours pass. Um, so that only lasted a couple of days, and as time went on, see, I didn't feel bad being quarantined in the beginning because I was so sick i mean it's fine to be in bed if you're not feeling well but as like a week went on i was like oh i'm starting to feel a little better you know then i start getting cabin fever right. I'm like ah just let me out let me out you know? <laughs> but the time 
the time had to pass before I could get out and socialize again. And socialize again. Did you have to get retested for? I did. So okay. um, you've, I know you've got a lot of international viewers on the channel. So here in the United States, we have the CDC, the Centers for D Disease Control, and they kind of put out um, the, the recommendations. And before I got sick, like pretty recently, well, pretty recently before I got sick, they had changed the guidelines to 10 days. So 10 days from the start, when you first get symptoms, 10 days later, you are no longer contagious. Okay. So after 10 days, uh, based on the CDC guidelines, I was no longer contagious. I did go back and get retested on my 10th day and I still tested positive. Oh, um, wow. I could have gone back to work, but I, I stayed off work for several more days and I went back to work on maybe the 15th day. So it was just over two weeks that I had off. But on the 10th day, I was still feeling physically drained, physically exhausted, you know, to go into work would have been a real, not pleasant, you know, a real pain. Uh, right. But after two weeks, I was actually feeling, you know, I was feeling well enough to get out and get on with life normally. Right. And I got tested on the 14th day and I was negative. Okay. So I've heard some people um, who've gone through it, that they say that the nights are really bad. Did you go through that? Like people say like no. at night you're like, your mind is like playing tricks on you. No, I didn't. There was no hallucinations. Um, I generally slept through the night uh, just because I was also sleeping through the day. I was, I was sleeping a lot. Um, and I was back on a normal schedule. So my normal work schedule uh, goes against pretty much my natural rhythm. I work nights. I either work till three in the morning or to six in the morning. And while I was off on COVID leave, I was able to revert back to my normal schedule, which, you know, of course, it's not normal to go to bed at seven in the evening, but I was sick. So I was going to bed at seven in the evening. I'd wake up uh, five-ish and then go out for a walk and come back and lock myself in the room and go back to bed. But I was definitely sleeping through the night. I didn't experience any, anything like that. No hallucinations. Right. So you were sleeping well. I know that you're someone who eats healthy, you know, yeah, pretty much 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah healthy <laughs> Yeah, but you're, you're vegan. So yeah. did you try to eat even better or, or, or did you eat what you, what you no, felt I, like eating? I ate, well, I ate what my wife brought me. Okay, so um, you can't combine. <laughs> yeah, it was like, no, nope, this is what we're having for dinner. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take back it. Back to that baby thing, back to that <laughs> child. It's like, here's what you're having. No, you <laughs> right, right. what you're given. Um, no, I pretty much ate the same way that I usually ate. So a lot of fruit, lots of vegetables. Um, and that didn't change. However, let's see. No, I, nothing, there isn't, I didn't eat any different from, my, from when I'm normally healthy. However, let's, we're going to circle back to the, the food thing and my appetite now. So usually when I'm off and I'm at the house, if I'm off all day, I'm kind of grazing throughout the day. I will grab a jar of um, walnut butter. That's my nut butter of choice. And I will just eat from the jar. A couple hundred calories here, a couple hundred calories there. Who's right. counting, right? And then <laughs> I'll have breakfast and I'll have dinner. Well, I was eating my same breakfast 
and I was eating about my same dinner and Harmony went out and got me some ice cream. So I had like a treat after, after dinner, which is always nice. Uh, but at the end of it, I had actually lost eight pounds. Oh, wow. And I, I don't actually remember losing my appetite, but it was, I guess it was slightly lower than normal, but it was because I wasn't grazing around the house. I had, I had cut out probably, you know, 500 calories a day from just snacking, like walking around the house and just eating. Right. But that's a lot to lose for someone who, I mean, you're lean. So yeah, I mean, it's I'm, a lot I, of pounds. I've still got, you know, I've got weight, weight to lose. I mean, I'm definitely in the healthy range, but you know, I'm not going to die if I lose eight pounds. I was surprised actually to see that weight loss. And, but I, I tell you, the second I came out, that weight just went right back to normal because <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a creature of habit and I eat very similar every single day. So dinner changes every night, but the base is still the same and I'm eat, still eating the same like quantity. So as soon as I went back to that, that scale just zoop, right back to normal. I mean, I, it probably took five days, but I put on eight pounds in five days and it doesn't seem healthy, but it, yeah, I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> well, I wasn't worried about your, it because it was you know, back to my, my baseline. Right, right. Your set point, like we all yeah. gravitate towards the same kind of weight. Yeah. yeah. Did you try and drink more water or like, I, I'm thinking about myself, like when I, when I'm sick, I try to, I don't know. I probably should do it all the time, but sometimes you forget and then you get sick and you're like, okay, I need to drink more liquids and maybe tea <laughs> instead of coffee yeah. and like stay hydrated. And No, I still drink, I still drink coffee in the morning. Um, I generally do take vitamins with my food, although generally with my diet, I try and get all my nutrients and vitamins in my diet. Of course, being vegan, uh, I have to take a B12 supplement. Right. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't really change that. I, I still usually keep a cup handy when I'm around the house. So maybe I drink enough. And I did that while I was in quarantine in my room. There was always a drink for me to drink, but I didn't consciously think, oh, I need to hydrate. Um, I, I should drink tea instead of coffee. No, I was still on coffee. I'm not going right. to give up coffee just because, you know, coronavirus. Um, <laughs> and, and also my activity level was way down. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting as thirsty as I normally would. Right. Cause you're not dissipating, you know, like you're not evaporating as much, yeah. Yeah, losing as much water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting in bed, you know, for right. 75% of the day. So one of the, um, when you were making your videos kind of going through your days, um, one thing that was, you're a very positive guy. Like you always, I think. Try to be. It's how I come across on you, camera. <laughs> you focus on the positives a lot of the times. Um, and there was something you said that really, I don't know, it, it made me happy that I was like, okay, this is a hard thing to have to go through. But now on the other end, um, you said, at least now, Harmony and I don't have to wear masks around each other because now, I went through coronavirus. So. Yeah. So now that's, we're around the house. Huge. That's the biggest, <laughs> right. the biggest positive that comes from this. Um, yeah. So now I, you know, I actually have the antibodies, so I, I can't get it. We'll circle back to that too. 
So I can't get it and I can't give it to her because right. it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't come out of me anymore. You know, I've got the right, thing to right. fix it. So that was, that was so positive. So now, um, Harmony and I are sleeping in the same room together again. She was sleeping in our guest room. It's just, it's great to be back, you know, back with my wife and able to, you know, have a normal relationship right. again. Right, it's, uh, right, right. It's really good. And another thing on the positive side, like no matter how sick I was or how bad I felt, there are so many people that have it worse than me. And I, I felt like I can't really complain too much, you know, of course, I complained to my wife. That's, that's why I have a wife. So I've always got someone <laughs> right. to like moan to. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, honestly, I, I am. I was so lucky, so lucky that I only got tired and a fever. And big deal if I had to quarantine and be in bed for so long. You know, it's. I know how lucky I am. So, how many days would you say it took you to go back to normal? I would say two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. But even after, let's see, even after the third week, I was still telling Harmony that, you know, something just isn't right. I'm not 100% there. So I'd say I was 95%. And I was thinking about this before I came on to speak to you, Susie. Um, I'd say even a couple of days ago, so it's been a month, even a couple of days ago, I just, something wasn't right. But I have to take it with a pinch of salt because like this morning, today I'm off. And today I woke up at 5 a.m. and I went out for a run and I'm going to go to bed early. But tomorrow I start work at 3 p.m. and I'm going to work until 3 a.m. So my sleep is very, it's very broken and my schedule changes and I'm not on a, a solid schedule. So I've got to take that and consider that perhaps that's what's making me feel just a bit tired, a bit more tired than usual. Right. And one question that I have for you. Did you, because I know that you had plans with Harmony, okay, if one of us gets it, this is the way that we're going to handle it. Did you ever have plans in case things got worse? Like, did you tell Harmony, okay, this is when you're going to yes. have to call an ambulance or, well, or take me to the hospital or this is when I'm going to drive myself? Like, well, did yes, you have so contingency for that? We did. We did have plans for that. Now, me being... Me being in this master bedroom and her being in the guest bedroom, if something happened in the night, uh, something obviously not catastrophic, because if something happened catastrophic, I'd, I'd have to call her. But I told her that I would get up and drive myself to the hospital and we would just be, I mean, what's the point in her losing a night's sleep? You know, I'm not going to die right away. It's, there'll be a <laughs> gradual deep, I mean, fingers crossed. Hopefully not. I mean, I mean yeah. But if something happened that I had to go to the hospital, she can't go into the hospital anyway, because right. I mean, that's a, that's a hot zone. There's lots of people there. Um, so I told her that I would just call her or text her. And when she woke up, she'd see the message that I felt bad and I had to go to the hospital. If it was the daytime and we had talked about my oxygen saturation, because that's kind of the big thing. If you're not taking in oxygen, it's kind of, it's very insidious that way because the oxygen can just get lower and lower and lower. And all of a sudden, you know, you're at, 70% and it's like, whoa, this is an emergency. So right. we were constantly monitoring my oxygen. And if that got to a certain point, we would have gone to the hospital and gone from there. But I, so, you know, I didn't want to expose her. So I would have taken myself. Right. So how do you know who told you to check your, your um, oxygen levels? Is that something you read or? Yeah, that was just from 
I feel very fortunate to have got it so late in the process. So right. coronavirus has been around since February and right. I didn't get it until the end of July. So we've had a lot of months to learn all about this. We know so much more about it now than we did back then. And I knew just from the news, from the CDC, that that is a symptom. A lowering oxygen saturation is a sign. So earlier on, we had already bought a couple. So I had, I had an oxygen sensor lying around the house. Right, right. So, that, yeah. That's something I would not know. Like at what point, I would have to actually ask a doctor. Like I would call my doctor and ask them, at what point should I, you know, go to the hospital? Yeah, and I forget, I'd have to look it up, but I think it was something around, if it drops to 90%, there's something okay. wrong and you have to go. And mine was, it was around 98%, which is normal. Right. Because not everybody feels the same symptoms, you know, like sometimes people have, I, I mean, I don't want to be too negative, but sometimes people have advanced cancers and when they go to a doctor, they tell them, well, you know, you're stage four and they never had, they, they really didn't feel yeah. sick to go and other people get symptoms right away. So that's, that to me, that would be like, okay, how do I know that I have to go? Yeah, and that's body... what's so bad about it is because it, it drops, the oxygen saturation drops so slowly that all of a sudden people are in a critical state and then they go to the, their doctor and they're like, whoa, your oxygen is like, how are you right. alive? Let's get right, you in right. the hospital. Right, right. Once you went back to, to work, did, did, were there other people that you know of that went yeah. through you? Like Yeah, I've had, I've had several co-workers um that that have had it uh the, there was a couple in my office that actually got it around the same time as i did maybe a couple days earlier and so before i got it i was i was wearing a mask in the office um but who knows like i would go to the gym when i was at work for my break and i wouldn't wear a mask i know that the other two people also use the gym now, I was never in the gym with them. I make sure I go to the gym at a time when no one else is going to be in there just to avoid contact with anyone. But right. that was the thing that tied us together. And that's possibly, I mean, I don't know if droplets hung in the air, you know, from when they worked out. And then 10 minutes later, I go in and I'm working out. So that's kind of what I thought. Um, so those two people had very similar symptoms to me. Um, I was actually in touch with them and you know, tracking our symptoms. And it was very, very much the same, fatigue, a fever early on. Uh, but there were a couple other people that had no symptoms. They went and got tested just because their coworkers did, people that they work with every day, and they had no symptoms and they were surprised that they tested positive. So they were asymptomatic. Um, and as I said, there was another woman who lost her taste, lost smell, but didn't have other symptoms. So there's been a big cross-section of people and you know what they've had this is to me this is really mind-blowing that um so so I'm, I'm gonna tell you what from from my perspective as a viewer someone somebody who watches your videos when you said you had coronavirus well first i saw the thumbnail and i think for the first time ever i was like okay I hope it's clickbait. <laughs> like, I don't like clickbait in YouTube videos, obviously. But I was like, I hope it's just a joke or, you know, like, and then I clicked on it. And then 
you said that you had tested positive and I was like, oh my God, like I was really concerned for you and for Harmony because I was like, I didn't know that you guys were wearing masks in the house. So I was like, what if she gets it too? Like, to me, it was heartbreaking to go, you know. Yeah, and of course, imagine it, that it, you were, it is. I mean, I, as I said, I was lucky eventually, but we didn't know that at the time. And just to go back to that video, even though that thumbnail was accurate, it was still clickbait. Like I got the teddy bear, I had the thermometer in my mouth. Uh, I was like, I was sick making that video. And I was like, this is gonna be so funny, you know? <laughs> you know, and the, yeah, so it turns out, it, I kind of looked at it as clickbait because it was very sensational, but it was true. So I guess that, I guess that it, is it, 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 uh, Yeah, but I, for, I was like, oh my God, I hope it's not true. Like I clicked on it immediately. It was like, I hope it's not true. Like, oh. Yeah, and I did a live stream while I was in quarantine, um, in this, in, in the, my close studio is what I call it now. <laughs> oh, that's another thing that came out good from this is that I realized I have a closet with all this soundproofing all around me. <laughs> and it's, it's much, it's, it's where I'm going to film most of my videos from now on. Cause it's, it just works. <laughs> but if you go back to that, that live stream, I just was not feeling good. And I, I haven't watched it since then, but I was just like, you know things just weren't clicking i was getting hot i was sweating in here um and i just had to cut it short a little shorter than i usually would um right. but yeah probably shouldn't have done that but oh well well i it's think i am grateful that you did i think it's very generous of you to share with us um because so many people don't you know they don't share that they have been sick um they went through it and, and I think there's a learning opportunity for all of us, you know, like also to, in, in a way to demystify it a little bit um, because yeah, exactly. we hear so much, so many news that are so negative. Um, you know, you, obviously you hear about the very complex cases, people that are hooked up to ventilators or, you know, um, machines like the, um, I forgot who's this. Broadway singer um, who passed away after being like 60 days in the oh um, yeah on the oh news. my gosh oh, that was horrible God. that was really bad a young guy um, I think he was 40 or even younger yeah no I, he was I think he was mid 40s but oh, still I mean he's yeah I mean that's our age Susie you know right <laughs> yeah. A... yeah so you hear about those news and and there's so much we don't know about the virus, but I think it's very important that people such as yourself share with the rest of us, you know, like. Well, that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I don't care sharing that kind of thing, that, that health thing. And it's in the news and we see so much negative part of it that at least for the few people that watch me every week, you know, they know me and they may be interested to see how I'm dealing with it and, and, you know, maybe give them hope that if they get it, you know, well, maybe you'll be in bed for a couple of weeks and, you know, it sucks, but you may, you don't always have to look at the worst side of things, you know? Right. And many of what we are doing is, you know, like I'm trying not to get it so that I don't pass it along to people like my in-laws or, you know, yeah. neighbors that are older than me, like people who are immunocompromised, not necessarily, I mean, knocking in wood. I don't have wood. I'm going to not have good wood right here. 
I'm so superstitious. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of what we're doing is just to try and keep it contained so that it doesn't get to people who may suffer. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, think right. how we would be so much further ahead if everybody did that uh, right. to keep it contained and social distance and wear a mask everywhere. Right, right. It's, well, I'm living so, in strange times. I know. This is. <laughs> I just hope that this is the only thing we have to go through in our lives, you know? Yeah. Because some people go through war. Like my grandfather, he had a very long life because he survived. I mean, he lived 97 years. But he went wow. through uh, the First World War. He was born in 1906. So First World War, this, the Spanish Civil War, the Second World War, and then all the different wars that really were not close but close and the enough. spanish flu like, he survived the spanish flu yeah. he didn't even get it like he maybe he but he had an his father died from it his uncle yeah. died from it yeah wow yeah he said he was like he said that experience because he was i think he was 12 when really the spanish flu went through his town because he was yep. from a little town south of madrid um he said that people would bury they would they were so at first people were burying other people and obviously this is the turn of the you know beginning of the 20th century so people didn't know as much as we know these days yeah um so people started dying after getting sick and then people would go to the funeral so you would bury your loved one and then people in the funeral would get sick so yeah. they knew that there was something that it was really transmittable um so that was at the beginning and then like two or three months later when everybody in town was getting sick people would knock on the door to see how you were doing and people would like open a tiny little bit and say, we're sick. Don't get close. Like they would close the door again because people yeah. knew, okay, this has to be really, yeah. And the people would get out of the houses and burn bodies at night just not to get, wow. it was like, he said he was, as a kid, it was a really scary situation to go through. Did you know that the Spanish flu did not start in Spain? I know that, yeah. Yeah, it was only called the Spanish flu because at that time, because of the war going on, Spain was the only one reporting on the flu. So everyone heard about it from Spanish news and they just right. associated with it. But it actually started, I don't know, Kansas or Oklahoma. Out there. That's what, so, yeah, that's, that's what they say. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, my grandfather, but then after that, he never got the flu ever again. Like, wow, he, that's great. Yeah. Like he thinks he went through it with minimal symptoms, obviously. And then after that, like he would go to the doctor as an old, you know, like when he was like in his seventies and then the doctor would say, well, really we should give you the flu shot. And he was like, I've never gotten the flu in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was a doctor once that asked him, he said, maybe you should like participate in a study or something. Like, like it would be yeah. really like interesting to put you in touch with people who are, you know, studying this. Yeah, people that have never been sick. They are, yeah. Maybe they're just super, super resistant to viruses. Well, he probably was. He died in his sleep at 97. So he had quite yeah, Really, a... you can't ask for more than that. That's a, yeah. that's a good life and a good way to go. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so glad that you came, um, that you decided to take this interview again. I can't be yeah. appreciative enough. Um, it's nothing. Listen, you are doing me a favor because I am the only person in the world that's been interviewed twice by you on your channel. 
That's different. All right, now that is an honor. Okay, how about this? You're going to be the only one. I promise you that. As long as this continues, you're going to be the only person. Well, listen, you can do somebody else, but then you have to have me on for the third interview. So (laughs) if I ever do anything that's worthy of like talking about, then you you can have me on again. (laughs) You're too funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Matt. Where can people find you? They have questions about... Ah, yeah. Listen, I am open to all questions and comments if you just want to air, because I know that some people are going to want to say, Matt, what are you doing? Uh, (laughs) But you can find me on Instagram at Matt underscore B underscore running, my YouTube channel. I guess Susie will list it below. And my email address is listed in the comment section of every one of my videos. It's mattbertrandrunning at gmail.com. Okay, very cool. So I'm going to let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day off. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice being off. Are you going, going, are you going running again? No, Today? I'm, I'm not going, no, not going just running again. Resting. Okay. I did, uh, yeah, did 11 miles this morning. Um, I did a bike ride on, uh, on our Peloton. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> Harmony and I did like a short weight workout where we were doing this and now it's you just relaxing. Just, oh, that's so, that's awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah, everyone's awesome. got to have a hobby. Everyone's got to have a hobby. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, Susie. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks. All right. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Matt Bertrand. The links to all his social media platforms will be in the show notes. And please don't forget to visit the Iron Things community on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please come back to listen to more episodes. And as always, run fearless, you guys. Ciao.